Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. On the emerging podcast scene presented by Extend Technologies, one thought about Joe Flacco in that interview that didn't make the show. Yeah, I said it debunked once and for all things that we talk about when it comes to quarterbacks forever. And the Netflix hit, Wrestlers. I have a lot of thoughts on it, including the relationship between Hollywood Haley J and her mother. If you don't know who those people are, you'll find out when you listen to the emerging podcast scene presented by Extend Technologies. The first four hours were simply in a moose bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure, he's the one not dessert? Not for me. Good. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. We're brought to you by Extend Technologies, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. $139 a month, that's it. You can get the Lima and Carmen package. What is it? Find out how. Extend Technologies and Broadview Heights. Tone, before we get going with the wrestlers thing, what was your situ- what was the thought you had about Joe Flacco that we didn't get to about on the show after the Joe Flacco interview? Yeah, him talking about, oh, did you get to... You and Kevin get in the lab and design the playbook and find out your strengths. And You said and, text him at 8 o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah, incorporate him into the offense. And he goes, no, none of that. Like, here was the playbook. Let's go. And I think sometimes, <coughs> as fans, we're only privy to so much. We're not in the locker rooms. Even the beat writers, they're in the locker rooms, but it's a, a false times. facade. Once it's, or twice a week. The players aren't acting like they normally would act. And But... You remember at the end of the year with Deshaun, and this is going to be a split between Deshaun and Flacco, and I know we mm-hmm. don't want to do that, but at the end of the year last year with Deshaun, he said, well, we weren't running right. a certain style of playbook or running game and all that. It seems like Flacco's like, I don't care if it's just, you know, we're in the old power eye and that's what we're doing. I'm cool with it. Like, r- call the plays that you want to call. I think and this, them. Owen, it's a great point. I think this is where, as fans, when you're not playing well, we get a little too crazy on the details and we, we look past the easy stuff, like Joe Flacco running an offense, knowing the progressions, delivering the ball, getting it out on time, reading the defense. All right. Like, we, we sat there with Johnny Manziel, and we wondered if Kyle Shanahan's playbook was too complicated. <laughs> Think of how silly that is now. Joe it Flacco was too came, complicated for him but, because well, it had plays in it. That's true. And you had to look at them, and you had to remember them, and then you had to say them. Then you had to do them. This is, this is just – Joe Flacco has almost clouded so much of the difficult stuff that we used to think was difficult. He's making it look too easy. It's going to ruin it. For everybody else going forward, 
that he just took over an offense and has gotten the most out of the offense in record time. No rust, no indecision, no confusion, no, hey, I, I really like to do this, and you've got me doing this. He's not, None of that. None of that's happening. No. It almost is ruining it for whoever, whether it's Deshaun over the next how many years. Oh, don't say that who, name. Whoever, whoever, if it, it, it would he'll be. Get you, he'll get upset. You, if we were in, not Kansas City right now, with two championships and Mahomes, but if Mahomes was here and he'd shown the flashes, but there'd been no championships, and Flacco comes in and does what he's doing and takes him to a Super Bowl, potentially, there would be the same questions even after, anywhere, yes. even after watching 50 touchdowns a year from the guy before. Yes, and I, I don't know if he's going to continue. I, it's not a fluke anymore to me. I mean, it's been enough games, and we've seen kind of the same stuff every week, no matter what the defenses are, no matter who the defensive coordinators are, mm. no matter the weather. Like, none of it's mattered. Yeah. Joe Flacco's looked like freaking he's Joe got, Flacco. He's got one loss, and in that loss, he looked great. Yeah. Against the Rams. Uh, I also think we get our we get lost in our own fantasies of what we would do. Because we don't get looks into yeah. how a lot of that stuff goes. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, man, we're overthinking it. Like, And you brought up the perfect thing with Johnny. Like, whoa, what would I do? Well, it can't be Johnny's fault. It has to be someone else's fault. Yeah. And we do that with everybody because they're the player. And we, we are beholden to the player, not necessarily the coach. And I think that we get caught up in our own fantasies of what we would do. We hear stories. We hear anecdotes of other teams and how they do it. And I think what we fail to realize is that there's always other ways to skin a cat. And... I, I think it's also a point where, like, if you hear one old NFL guy, he explains how he did it. But there's other teams that won championships in other years, and there's different ways that they did it. I don't think there's any one way to do it, but there's so many bad ways to do it, bad examples to do it, that it it can cloud everything there where you, you start to bottleneck. There's only one way to do it. And it's like, well, no, there's other teams that tried the 49ers way. There's other teams that tried it the Steelers way. There's other teams that tried it so many other ways, and they failed at it. Well, why did they? Well, I'm sure there was one little offshoot that threw everything off. If you look at it, though, it doesn't matter. The When you're talking like that, you're talking about playbook and players and all that. The mm-hmm. one thing you can look at all the teams that do it, they seem to have a cohesion and like a brotherhood. There's very, I, I don't know very many championship football teams where you're like, well, these guys are totally, you know, like where it's like, yeah, those guys are on offense. The defensive players are saying, those guys are on offense. We don't really hang out. You know, we don't really talk. One, 85 Bears. M- maybe. <laughs> out, of, out of 58. Yeah. But even then, I got the Super Bowl shuffle, so I'll disagree with you there. Good I watched point. the mom video. <laughs> Good point. They did all that stuff I got together. It. You got it on VHS too? Yeah. I got it at Easter Seals in Youngstown. Oh. It was like 50 cents. We have Masters of the Gridiron, man. I can go back and watch That's that. Good stuff. But, but, yeah. but, but to, to your point, and I guess the, the, we're going to wrap this up and get to the... No, you can go ahead our, and keep it up. It's fine. I just, I just laugh about how much time, because, you know, at times, you got to fill airtime without games when there aren't games going on, and how we talk a lot, extensively, about a quarterback taking his receivers or his teammates out to a certain country a tr- in the tropic sun and... You know, really building, water slide. really building that chemistry. And, oh, I'm in the lab. Peter Schrager, well, this coach and this quarterback are in the lab. And they're identifying the strengths. And the we- Joe Flacco comes in, does, gonna, doesn't even know. He's never thrown to these guys before. And it looks like a, a well-oiled machine. Pete, don't go after Peter Schrager. He's a nice guy. No, it's, but it's, it's the fact that we put stock oh, in any of okay. that stuff. 
in the end, it's either you can play the game or you can't. You can either play quarterback at a professional level or you can't. Yeah, there's nuance to it for sure, whether your offensive line is playing a certain way, whether you have a running game. That's the other thing, though. Flacco doesn't have a running game, with well, the exception do, of this game against the Jets. I do wonder how much Flacco, the only thing Flacco's playing for is 75000 bucks a yeah. week, right? That's probably the only thing money-wise and contract. Like, all the rest of this, he doesn't care about the stats. He came in so late right. in the year that none of that stuff matters. It's just... I'm playing to because I love football and I didn't want to give it up yet. And he said that yesterday in the press conference. Like, you know, I was a starter for years, and then you kind of look at it as it's my job, right? And then he went into this transition phase where he was the bridge guy for a little bit at two different teams, and he realized, like, oh, no, I still love football. It's not just a job anymore. It's, like, it's my passion. Mm-hmm. And then and then we're all sitting here <laughs> hyper-analyzing, right. micro-analyzing <laughs> why this is working. What is it about Flacco? What is it about Stefanski? What is it about Njoku and Cooper and doing this with backup offensive linemen and not much of a running game? And I think we're sitting there talking to Joe Flacco, trying to find the whys, yeah. and he's like, I'm just playing quarterback. Yeah, yeah. We romanticize I'm it. Just, just doing playing. the thing he's done since he was Guys, I see, six. I, I, right? I anticipate where the open receiver is going to be, and if he's open... I throw the ball, and but he does it on time. We love a story. We love a story. The uh, the old Bill Walsh, Ronnie Lott tells a story where he's standing next to Bill Walsh, and Bill Walsh is like, look at his feet. Look at how his feet move. Talking about Joe, Joe Montana, the yeah. perfect feet for the West Coast system, and how he wanted the ball you know, 12 inches in front of the numbers, not down here, not mm-hmm. up there, and the feet had to be perfect because when you make your turn, when you turn your back to the defense and then you make your turn, the wide receiver will be there at the exact – we love to romanticize that stuff. And a lot of times, is it as difficult as we make it out to be? No. Is it magical as we make it out to be? No. And I think Joe Flacco, without being deadpan about it because he's got a good personality. I think he kind of highlighted that in the interview with us. You ready to do wrestlers? How do you want to do wrestlers? We're brought to you by Extend Technologies. The Netflix show, Wrestlers. Owen, it's been like dominoes here. Owen and I think Double A were the first to watch wrestlers, and you told us about it, and I basically told Owen... I didn't watch that. I'm not giving him any credit. Well, I basically said... To hell with him. I basically said, I don't don't have time. My wife's not going to watch it with me. And you said, actually, your wife might enjoy it with you. She didn't end up getting around to it. And finally, because the baby is at a certain well, age, I've found enough time And the thing to I told watch. you was, just knowing your watching habits with her especially, you guys get to a point where you binge something and then you stop for a minute. And then you go back to like, hey, that's how my wife and I do. She didn't watch this with me, but I fully intend to this summer when we have some time. I'm going to make her watch it with me. And it's one of those things that like, it... It's for me. It was about wrestling, and then I saw the deeper story pretty quickly. Right where it, they could have put it could have been people driving railroad spikes into the ground. Right, and I would have <laughs> I would have been fine with it because of the way they told the story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and so I I after getting that pep talk from Owen about wanting to watch a show, if I say you know what, I used to like wrestling a lot. I liked when Al Snow was on that Tough Enough yes. reality show. We had El Snow on. I got to watch the damn show. And then if I like it, I'll tell Ken. And eventually, it made its way to Ken. 
Ken finally saw it. Mm-hmm. I want Ken's main takeaways. So do you want to go character by character, or do you want to go Just say, over... First of all, your general thoughts... Oh, I thought... Okay. Of, of, ...of the way that show was done and whether you enjoyed the peek behind the curtain on that level of wrestling, which thought, is not the WWE. I thought the production was outstanding. Uh, it was done by BBC which it doesn't surprise me that it was outstanding. I thought it was extremely well put together. I thought the music was great. I thought that they made they they told a story with every person. They showed the I think that they gave you a peek into the bad side or the controversial side to all the wrestlers and people involved and they also brought you back to it where like okay, these are still people who are trying to be good people. For the most part, there are people who are like at first you see Matt Jones and you're going, damn this man. And then you're like, okay, he's no, there's something here with this guy. And he's he there there's a there's a part where you see a little bit of a dark side, but then you see a likability to it. Like they first introduce him, and it's like this guy. And I had my thoughts about that when I first started, because I I was like, Don't make your judgments yet. Watch the whole thing. I watched the whole thing in one day. There's yeah. seven episodes. I watched you all seven episodes in it. one day. I couldn't get my eyes off of it. And I had a lot of opinions on it. Again, I thought it was very well produced. A couple of the other, a couple of the other ideas that I had had, or the couple of other things that I had saw. One is it was crazy to see in Kentucky because I've only been to Kentucky a couple of times. It's crazy to see all the different NFL apparel that I saw. <laughs> uh, it is, is such a, a melting lot. pot. I saw no Browns. There was some Bengals. I saw Bengals, Titans, Bears. Eagles, Saints, yeah. Rams, and Bengals—the closest. No, yeah. the closest NFL town. I did not see. I don't. I don't remember seeing Colts. There could have been Colts, but I didn't remember seeing it. Uh, also, there was a there was this connection there with the fans. I thought, but I have other opinions about this. It was refreshing to me. Would seem like regular people. These are regular <coughs> middle class folk uh, getting lost in whatever storyline was being told. I thought that that was good. And, and Kenny. They're getting amazing entertainment that's right in their hometown. Yeah. They are going out. They're not seeing bottom rung just starters. These wrestlers all have some chops. Well, and they're getting to see them for probably not a lot of money. I think the big event was like 25 bucks, but I think they got in for very cheap prices. And you want to talk about an awesome thing if you're into wrestling. A, what an awesome source of entertainment to be right down the road. So these I'm gonna give you my I'm gonna give you my opinions of a person who loves classic wrestling, uh, went through the phase of being a current wrestling fan uh three times in my life, just like any regular American male, and, and we can discuss it because you, I, and Owen have all basically I know you guys are like Owen's four years older than me and you're five years older than me, but we basically went through the same phases well, at different times in our life. That's what I thought I was gonna do when I graduated high school. Be a wrestler? wrestler? Oh, we yeah. all I told well, I told my dad in 14, when I was fourteen years old I was gonna be a pro wrestler. He laughed in my face and did the road dog Jesse James, the fat ass Ken Carmen. Cause he he did not it was like it was something that he just I he knew I liked it, so he was like, Well, it's worse than him watching a lot of things. He can watch his wrestling. That's fine. Right. Yeah, my, I, I'm sure my dad had a phase when he was a kid that he maybe, liked wrestling, but you know, it's maybe whatever. Kenny goes to bed and Silk Stockings is still on, or yeah. Femme Nikita. Yeah, that's the way it probably went. So I want to go through these people. I'll go through them real quick. Uh, well, I'll go through a couple of them real quick. The ring announcer. Obviously, you feel bad for him. I feel sick for him. Yeah, and and here's why. We can relate on a level here. <coughs> we all wanted to get into broadcasting yeah. at a very young age. He clearly, and he's got he's got some talent. He wants to be, um, he wants to be Jim Ross. He wants to be, you know, Vince McMahon. He wants, wants to, be to be Vic all, Joseph. Vic Joseph. Yep. All the guys that you've ever watched. 
He's like, I could do that, and I love wrestling, and I know I know this outfit. I know these wrestlers. Right. And he does bring that energy, and then you get the other side of it, where very early on, the owner and one of the main investors has to pull him aside and say, hey, we're not drawn. We can't afford you anymore. You have to earn your keep. You have to do everything. The thing is, in his mind, he already thought he was doing everything. He stretched too thin. He was already doing everything. He was already doing the promos. He was already doing the editing. He was already showing up. This was a side gig for him. I swear right. I wanted to hug him because he desperately wants to be in the wrestling business, and he was willing to do anything to be in the wrestling business. And they're asking him to do sales. Well, excuse me. They're demanding him to yeah. do sales. You can tell this is a man who can't go in. No. And like in radio, I had a chance to do sales once. Like it was, it was small market. Like a lot of guys in small markets, they do sales. And like, like you'll find out. And a lot of the places where like it's not a big city, like Cleveland's still a big city. You know, some people say no, but it's, it's a big city. I mean, you're talking some of the rural markets where it's like so and so sports radio 1240. Like it's like that type of thing. A lot of guys who host like an afternoon show, they do sales during the day. Then they do their show at three o'clock, like three to five or whatever. Right. And then they finish up sales afterwards. And they might be the PD too. Yeah, they might be yeah. that. And I could see myself kind of going down that road at one point. That's why there's not a lot of morning shows in rural areas, but there's a lot of afternoon shows. It's a different pace. You know, you ask Andy about this, like, there's places where, like, the local college basketball team might be a big deal, but people don't want to listen about it at 6 a.m. They do want to hear about it maybe at 4.30 p.m. on their way home. So there's the difference. And I think that Andy's totally right about that. And I can bring it up because Matt Jones is involved. He's a radio guy. He would understand. I'm going to get to Matt Jones here in a second. But the ring announcer, you can tell he wants to be in it. And they offer me, like, hey, you can learn sales. And I'm like, man, I just don't know if I can go in. And I... And I've had to, like, help close some things before in the past. Like, hey, come on in, talk to the guy, and this, that, and the other, and I've given my spiel and things like that. But at that time, I'm, I can't go in there and ask somebody for money. It's it's a different kind of vulnerability. Yeah. You're putting oh, you're, yourself out there. Yeah. You're pitching yourself. Yes. What you do now is kind of – the sales guys pitch you, and you go in and pay yeah. off that you are everything they said about mm-hmm. you. Right? It's here, hard to do that. Here, Here's what, to me, rung true, and we've all, in whatever career, but especially broadcasting, what we have faced – you know he's not making any money, barely. You know he's putting in way too much work. Yep. And then you find out he has a kid that he's barely seen. Right. Yeah. Okay, and it's breaking everyone's heart. We all are told perseverance. Follow your dreams. Follow your damn dreams. And that all sounds great on paper. And then a lot of people, almost everybody I went to broadcasting school with or journalism school, almost all of them realized, I'm only going to make this much money. And then maybe they pursued it for two years, three years, four years, five years, some of them 10 years. And then they get out. They all eventually get out unless they get to a certain point where the money is there. So there's always an inflection point, especially in broadcasting, where you have to make a determination whether or not chasing your dream is still worth it. In your your risk assessment of your life, whether it's still worth it. And I'm watching that, and I'm sitting there going, is it worth it for him? What would I do in his situation? And then I didn't have a kid when I was making 18.5, when I was mm-hmm. making 25, mm-hmm. when I was making 30. I didn't have a kid. I didn't have anybody I was responsible for. He has a wife or a girlfriend or whatever. No, I think and, he's remarried. And he has yeah. a kid. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, I don't know if this is worth this anymore. You've played wrestling. You've played fantasy. You've played fun. You've done it. You can say you did it. Hold your head up high. Yeah. 
might be time to go get a job. Well, because they warn him. What I didn't like is they basically they warn him about like you can have those things, but you can't sit there and say, hey, in three months, your job might be on the line. You are fostering. To me, as a leader, you are fostering ill will because in that moment, you're on a golf course. Half these guys, most of these people are here for this radio show. They are not here for wrestling. Ooh. Now, it's a it's a thing for wrestling. And I'm going to get to this here in a second because you had an opinion two days ago that I definitely want to get to here. But they're here for this radio show, and that's fine, but they're not really here for wrestling. You're trying to glom onto it a little bit, trying to bring these people in. That's fair. But if you're that ring announcer, and I, I didn't write down his name, I didn't remember it. That's a shame. I'm sorry about that. You're sitting there. you got to call your son. Tell me you're not going to see him. It means oh. your wife has to take him. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Back to, her, to his mother. He's The kid I've clearly didn't take it that well on the phone. You're sitting there going, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? What what am I am I costing myself my chop my child? Am I costing me my relationship with my Man. child? Is my child going to hold this against Is me? Is it worth because it? I'm following this on? You know, you have to ask yourself that all the time. Is it worth and it? Kenny, at, I felt terrible for at him. that golf outing for the Kentucky Sports Network or whatever mm-hmm. it is. We're Matt Jones, and we, we're probably going to have Matt Jones on at some point, and I'm sure he'll he'll be open and honest. I mean, the guy's doing ESPN Radio now; he's everywhere. Yeah. I, I mean, I've I've been in that situation. They're at the golf course. The ring announcer's doing all the, the grunt work. He's got to fill the coolers. He's got to yep. get back. He's got places to be. He's not even getting paid for that day. He's mm-hmm. really not. And Matt Jones sees that he is struggling. Matt Jones comes over to him and 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 tries to lend a helping hand. And then two seconds later, Matt Jones is back talking to the other investors and the other fans. There's nothing much he can do, and, and it's back to hey, let's we got to golf. Let's uh, where are we drinking afterwards because he has to focus on his business. Yes, and so that's why you know the ring announcer has to make that thing. And I'm, I'm listening like they show them going into the broadcast. You could tell this man has some chops, and he's pretty good at what he. Uh, I, what I heard, I like yeah. out of the ring announcer. But I'm going, man, I'm sure Mean Gene Oakland had to do some sales at some point in his life, but, man, this is tough. Because Mean Gene Oakland was a radio guy and then was able to do some and of Kenny, the WWE stuff and then we know, we know a little bit, stuff and took We over. know a little about sales in this yeah. place. It's tough. How many businesses are open to spending their money based on what you saw there? How many are even eligible in this economy? So this how is, many even have disposable income? Thank you for bringing this Or up. marketing dollars? He knows he's up against it, and he's got to go to these businesses that they've probably already gone to and try to ask him for money. And what are they selling? I want to get to Maria and Haley here. Now, Maria was the mother. Yeah. And Holly Hood, Haley J. I didn't even know until like Holly the— Holly Hood. I didn't know until like the fourth yeah. episode. I thought it was Hollywood, Haley nope. J. I didn't realize it was She's Holly Hood, Haley J. She's from Hollywood. Yeah. She's from the hood. She's from the hood. The Hollywood. First off, she has talent. She stole that, the show. That little lady— She stole the show. —has a personality. I think she's going to get in her own way, yeah. and I don't think we're going to hear from her past while. Because I'll, I'll mention this. One day last summer, I was putting together – no, this was last spring. I was putting together my uh, inversion table, and I had NHRA drag racing on. 
And I sat down on the chair because I was reading the instructions and stuff. It was a pain in the ass to put together this inversion table. And I hit the guide like by accident. And right above, right under, because it was on eight, I saw it, yeah. was WOW. WOW. And I turned on, I go, all right, what is this? I turned on WOW. It was a little cheesy, mm-hmm. but it was very well produced. And I didn't know like they were. I didn't know like half of them weren't even wrestlers; it was just actresses. Right. I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. But I'm going. This is well produced. They're making money doing this. This is something here. And I, when I saw that, I go, "This is a real opportunity for this young lady." And I do think, like, hey man, it's 2024. You want to smoke some weed? You smoke some weed. You can do that out in the car. You don't need to do that right there on the back steps. This is a business. Or how about take an edible? How about that, <laughs> ma'am? Can we do that? I think that she is a very, I don't know, I'm afraid to say this stuff because the internet picks it up and then the the hardcore wrestling fans come in and I think some people are going to be very upset about the match that she had with her mom because I have a very strong opinion about that. I think that Haley J has a lot of talent. I think she's very, very good. I just feel, I I hope I'm wrong, I just feel she's going to get in her own way and we may never hear her again. Past this show. But she's a 22-year-old girl. And I got an opinion. We, we mentioned wrestlers at the end of the show yesterday. I got an opinion from a person who watched who's a listener. And he had some strong things to say about Hollywood Haley J. And I'm not going to say who, who, exactly what it was, but he, you know, he was not a fan of hers. And my thought was, she's a 22-year-old girl. She's wild. She smokes weed. I've been around in my old days, was around a lot of, 18, 17-year-old, wild-ass girls who smoked a lot of weed and got in a lot of trouble. My problem was, who is this 36-year-old child who is her boyfriend? He was more immature than she was. Who, Eric Darkstorm? Whatever his name <laughs> was. Whatever this guy's name was. Wait, wait, wait. It's a 36-year-old grown man. And how, how do we know he's not going to make it in the business? Because we watched... Ten hours of this show or whatever, he's a goof. and we had no idea what and his name is. We didn't even is. know what his name yeah. was. Yeah. By the way, and, and, and there was a guy in the background, the veteran Jack Vaughn, who I knew who he was, and I wanted to hear more of him because I know he's a good wrestler. Oh, I know. I wanted to see. He it. has he, his TikToks yeah. and stuff are great. The pet guy, the pet guy. Yes. You could tell that guy's serious. This guy ain't serious. This guy's a clown. This guy's a sideshow well, clown. Why- I'm not, no. Jack Vaughn's like in the first episode, in like the first or second scene, and I'm yeah. like, oh, he's in this, and then they never showed him. They it. never showed him. I thought the same thing you did. That's I'm like, oh, right. man, we get to see Jack Vaughn. Nope, nothing. And I'm thinking, you know why you date a 22-year-old girl? Because you're still a kid. That's why. And the stuff that he was saying, and then you heard about the physical stuff, and she said, well, I hit him just as much. You go, who are you, Loretta Lynn? Yeah. Get the hell out of this, ma'am. Dear, get out of this relationship. And I feel bad for her because I tell you what, the mom, the mom was saying some things, and it was, do we have to break from this? Nah, it's, okay. it's, it's no, a live show. We do need to mention now. this before the end. All right, go ahead. Say it right now. Uh, Ricky Rubio has been bought out. Oh, so okay. They're not going to be trading him. They're not. He's he's not going to be able to play in the NBA again, according to Woj. Looks like he's going to be just. Playing at Back home in Spain. Spain. Okay, well, you know, uh, he, he was good for a while. I hate to see that happen yeah. with his knee injury. Reverse but Columbus thing. There you go. There yeah. you go. So, <laughs> no ill will towards Ricky Rubio whatsoever. Hopefully, he lives the rest of his life wonderfully. Um, going back to the, the Maria thing. You know, my my daughter this, my daughter that, and everybody's, everybody's going, well, what's Haley go? Well, I don't know, ma'am, because, by the way, I know that there's some miles on that, that lady. I'm not trying to be mean-spirited yeah. here. That woman's probably our age. She went to jail in 2006. Yeah. Like, she's probably, if she ain't my age, she's probably um, your guy's age. She's, she's probably, probably right around that age. age yes. Yeah. So I'm thinking, hey, 
First off, with Maria and Haley, if you are a per, I think Owen, you and me, all because Lima, you, your background, like my dad wasn't into business for himself like your dad was, but you understand what I'm saying. There's a lot of similarities there. There are people in my family who have the same mother-daughter relationship. Mom was a mess in the old days. Daughter became a mess. I've talked about this on the air before. I have people in my family who are like that. And now mom's trying to reel in daughter, but mom kind of went down that road. And when you're not there, it's going to mess up daughter. And then you're you're worried it's going to mess up your grandchildren. And I think that that's what she's worried about. I got no ill will against her. I think that she's done as much as she can to try to forge that relationship again. And I hope they continue to do it. And she has a larger role because she's helping... Al Snow in a lot of the stuff, yes. a lot of the stuff involving Behind the, scenes. the so, promotion. Yes. And the I thought it was, production. I got to tell you, I thought it was adorable. As much as they've had issues, the two of them clearly, they also understand the way it needs to be for life to work yeah. for them. Yeah. Given that this Haley J has a kid. She, what, did she get pregnant when she was 17 or 18? Yeah, so, 19. So what are they doing? They're making it work. They're at the local Holiday Inn or whatever. Yep. And they're working together, and, and they're bartending and serving, and they're making it work because just, they know it's the only way they can. And that boy's got, and that boyfriend's got a job just because he, you know what? It's a service industry thing, and you can hire yeah. in service industry, and that's it. And I related to it because for most of America, that's just America. You walk in, and there's a couch there, and it's kind of an older, comfy couch, and. There's mom sitting there in a blanket and she's drinking a pop and there's somebody else sitting there and that's they're just they're living there and they're the they're the the, the nephew or something like that. Mm-hmm. Again, I got family members like that. Yep. Like I have a family member, her and her daughter. I can't say what, you know, they have a they but, have that but, it's the ex- I mean it's the, ex- the, the the person went to jail, well, the 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 daughter has been in and out like it's it's see, the same scenario here's my family. one of the themes of this entire show is it's basically in uh, the what the, the the foothills of the Smoky Mountains, this is Appalachia. Yep. And these these people they don't have money. The performers don't have money. The the people coming to the event, the the, patrons, yeah. they don't have money. Yep. So this is on such a different scale than the wrestling that we have watched most of our entire lives. Can I bring up cash flow? Please. Oh God, so, yes. Uh, cash flow again. I loved him. Cash flow is a person. Loved him as a loved his wrestling, wrestling character, and then you could see how he's evolved because they have video from him when he was younger. Yeah, and he was a high flyer. And I think he actually did get some work. He in did. Some ECW. Of that. Yeah. He did. He did get some work, and you can tell that man. This guy. This is all he's ever going to do till the day he can't do it anymore. Well, he and, was. He was the re- he was Ronnie the Ram from the wrestler, right? Yeah. That was the same, but probably we actually stayed doing with his a family. little better. Yeah, yeah. Doing a little better. Yeah, you don't uh, want to see him at the deli counter, right? Um, no, he he is there. You reminded me of something he, beautiful. Yeah, thank you. He is there with his wife. His wife is helping him sell merch, so they're squeezing, every, extracting every last dollar. But here's the thing that killed me: she had a nursing job. She quits the nursing job because they got kids. Well, she was sick, too. And she got sick. And then he is doing the wrestling thing. Guys, I don't know. Is he making 200 bucks a week? I don't know. But this is the difference. And that's for the the whole family. This is the difference, though. Listen to what they were saying. So this is where, like, when you pay attention to the wrestlers and you you meet some wrestlers in radio, 
and I got to warn you about this. This might be a two-part episode today, guys. Yeah, we were not, we've only um, got to like three. So characters. with cash flow, you remember the, who? What's the goofball's name who dates Hollywood Haley, Hollywood oh, Haley J? Eric Darkstorm. Eric Darkstorm. There's a part in that where he's kind of bitching about his merch. And by the time I get to the table, cash flow is already there. Yeah, because he's hustling. Yeah, he's yeah. hustling. It's called they, a hustle. Because he. he's not You're smoking well, he weed yes. in the back. Yes. Yeah. Cash flow's not an idiot. He's he got knows. the table ready to go. He's got the setup. His wife yes. knows what to do. You guys got 60 people showing up. They've already paid their money for the tickets. They only have so much money. Cash flow's getting some of that money. So if they got $20 to sell on a shirt so or $20 great. for a DVD or whatever trinket, he's getting that trinket, yes. damn it. He's going to get that money. And that's the thing that you're say. You just want to... Bitch about things. You're not getting things. You're not getting this. Cash flow showing you how to do it, and you're too silly and goofy to not pay attention to what a veteran is doing. And this is a guy who has not been to the tippy top. He got to the mid-level there, and that's about it. And they're showing you how to do it, and you won't pay attention to anything because you have your head up your ass. And that's why you're a 36-year-old man dating and, a 22-year-old. And, and that's why cash flow is getting the opportunity at, was it A&W? Uh, a Aid. A W root beer. Yeah, he's to be a, to be a job. <laughs> to go in there and be a job. Yeah. And and you know what? But his his get kid, a little bit of money jobbing. And, exactly. I, and I loved that he sat there and watched with his family. Him basically get his ass kicked, and he had a good sense of humor about it. I but know his it's not kids understand like yeah. that's yeah. that's part of the job because you know that's what he what can do. Doing tonight, and that's how we're. Eating. You know what he can eventually transition to. He can eventually transition to one of the people training at OVW. Yeah. And you know what? If AEW is around. It, it, I mean, in, in town and things like right. that. I didn't mean it like that. If AEW's in town. In the area. All right, yeah. let's call in cash flow. He's going to put over this guy, and we're going to give him a paycheck, and right. then we can we can establish a relationship. And, then, and he can make a living. And maybe he's the guy that is going, hey, I got this kid. You got to come see. Yes. And there's yes. some sort of, yes. here's a small, here's something for your troubles. Thank that you. Type of stuff. So there's another thing here. Al Snow. I want to give him this credit. I didn't think when he said he'd sell 60 more tickets for James Storm, I didn't think there was a chance. It looked like that place was fuller for James Storm. So credit where it's due. He knew what the hell he was doing. I was begging him. I was saying it out loud. No, no. (laughs) I was begging him to put his foot down and tell Maria, if you guys want to go out there and get barbed wire and cut each other up, you can go get in someone's backyard or in someone else's parking lot, go rent you a ring, and go charge tickets. You ain't doing it in my ring. I didn't want him to do it. It was a cheap heat stuff. I was disappointed. Well, there's more on the Matt Jones stuff about that. What they need to be selling is family-friendly. Because did you see during that match, you got to pay attention to some you of this stuff. You picked up on this. I didn't see this. They showed these these two people leaving with a child during that match because they're rolling around in thumbtacks, and they got barbed wire baseball bats and stuff like that. But they were trying to put the child in the ring? No. <laughs> they got up and left. You know what they that did, was? Yeah. That's a possibility of a repeat customer. They paid you one time. They're never coming back. They're done. And and, uh, I'm going to get off on a tangent here. You're going to have to pull me in. This is the problem with our generation of of wrestlers that we grew up, but we we found other things, and they got into wrestling. They grew up watching Mick Foley. And so Mick Foley threw himself off the roof of No one wants to listen to Jim Ross and how god-awful hard it was to get Mick Foley an opportunity in the WWF now WWE. And Jim Ross tells that story, and no one wants to listen to it, how god-awful hard it was to get Cactus Jack an opportunity in that business with that. Because 
people bring up, well, you had you had Mankind, you had Mick Foley, then you had Terry Funk. And they just think that every single match these guys were rolling around on thumbtacks, setting each other on fire. No, man, they had storylines. And you know what else they had? People in the 70s and 80s, and even 60s for that matter, if I'm not mistaken, they cared about Terry Funk. And Terry Funk, would, he would go to Japan, and Terry Funk's from, he's from Texas, and people don't even go to Texas. So you hear that thing about Texas over in America, they're crazy people over there, and there's Terry Funk, and he's from Texas, and now he's got this problem with Stan Hansen, or he has this problem with somebody else, and they don't, you know what? They don't just sit there and say it at the beginning of the show, and then they just roll in there and start beating each other with baseball bats and stuff. They build it up, and build it up, and tell a story, and finally, you know what? Damn it. You've insulted my intelligence. You've insulted my, you've insulted my good name you've insulted my family and now and then they do this they did this all over because this was old territory style wrestling stuff they get the matchmaker and the matchmaker i don't know if i can put this thing in the ring i don't know and finally <laughs> they go no i want that sob and i want him here in this ring coming up at the omni or wherever it was at the mid-south coliseum on this date sportatorium. And, and sportatorium. i'm not only gonna i oh. want him at the sportatorium and i'm not only gonna beat him i'm gonna embarrass the, him the and i'm gonna cut him the way it's supposed to be done and there's your death match because they didn't do it every single week. And these people don't realize this, and they think that it does. Like, I cared about Mama Foley's baby boy. Yeah. I, Mrs. Foley's baby boy. They made me care about Mick Foley. Uh, they made people. They made grown individuals care about Mick Foley. You got The Rock, this piece of trash from Miami, which half the people down in the south are going, "This dope pusher from Miami." He's back, by and the way. he's wailing on on Mick Foley with a chair. Which, by the way, every now and then Mick Foley kind of trails off because he's been hitting the head with a chair so many times. But you have this guy that everybody cares about. They cared about it. Now you just have these guys. I've never heard of these guys. I don't, I don't want to see you go through. And by the way, I was 12 years old. I didn't have the money to pay you for this. And now that I might want to go to a show and have the money to pay for my son, I don't want my son seeing a bunch of no-namers throw each other through broken glass, cut themselves, maybe pop open a juggler, have the ambulance call for what? For what? For 50 bucks and a hot dog? I don't want my kids seeing that crap. And Well, Ken, there's blood. There's blood. There's always going to be blood. Yeah, because there's blood in fights. There's blood in football. There's blood in sports. And it's supposed to be an event. And when I, I, I mean, I've been thinking about this for a long time, Tone. When you go, when you go to a wrestling match, Hitting a person with a chair isn't out of isn't out of the realm of possibility. There's chairs all over the place. The fans There's tables hit each other with, fan, with chairs. <laughs> there is no there is where where is there a baseball bat right, right. with barbed wire all over mm-hmm. it? That's not it. Why are you doing that? That's an insult of the intelligence. And I can't believe Al Snow, who is terribly trying to be a nice guy because the cameras are on him, didn't say no. Because it doesn't draw anything. And they're all complaining about the money. And so you get this house this one night. You put these two women in there. And you could have just had a wrestling match. Because I'm telling you right now, one, not even 1% of the population, 99% of the population has nearly come to blows father and son. 1% was willing to cut each other over it for yeah. crying out loud. So you're, who, are you, who are you broadcasting this to? And same thing with mother and daughter. And it just it never draws anything, especially now. Right. It's silly, and I don't want to be a so part of it whatsoever. I, I, I thought it was great, and I, I think we might need a two-parter at some point down the road. Eventually, I guess I, I, I do want to ask you, because I was thinking the whole time that this was going on, what would we do if we were in charge here? Now, we're not in the wrestling business. I'd we're l- just fans. You know, but, but, and maybe you want to save your answer. Maybe you want to think about I it. I can give you a quick one. What would you do to try to promote this, and would you end the live TV component? Because are they ever going to sell pay-per-views 
if they're doing live TV every single week? I can give you a real week. quick answer to that. Go ahead. I can give you a real quick answer to that. They talk about their ratings are on four different TV stations or anything. You're overexposed. Yeah, I thought so too. I mean, how, uh, we've heard it in college football. We've heard it in every major sport. Attendance is down. Why? Because they don't want to leave their house. So why am I going to drive to a, a to the Danny Davis Arena when I can watch this on TV later? I don't need to give you money when I'm and, watching it on TV. And, you and you can then watch you're it. not selling the ads. Yes. Then you're not selling the ads. And when you want to watch it, you can watch it when you when it's convenient for you. So yeah. they're doing this every week, and then they're stunned that they only had 67 people in the entire world exactly. by a pay-per-view. So that's where I totally agree with Matt Jones. I'm going, hey, no, 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 no. This is classic old-style stuff, man. And the territories, every now and then you might see a championship match, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. on TV. No, you were seeing run-ins and studio wrestling. And if you want to see Ric Flair versus Dusty Rhodes, damn it, you better get to Norfolk, Virginia, and mm-hmm. buy yourself a ticket and get in that building because the lid's going to blow off this place because Dusty Rhodes is going to get his retribution on Ric Flair for breaking his leg. And that is something that I think when Matt Jones said that Al Snow is in the TV generation of that, I think I totally agree with Matt, Matt Jones because remember Matt Jones says – the only time I'm making money is on this summer tour. Yeah, because yep. you're on TV. No one can. No one wants to go travel to see it. They don't want to pay to see it because they feel so like it's no free. one is and spending they, a dollar. You're not yeah. selling ads. You're not selling ads. With Matt Jones, there's another conversation to it. I really like and respect Matt Jones. I do think the the I, I've had drinks with him, Kenny. You have actually. <laughs> um, I always. I always. I've been offered to be involved in wrestling before. I've always turned it down, and the reason is is because it never ends well. <laughs> Radio guys get involved in wrestling, and we always end up looking like an ass, and we always get our own ideas because wrestling because radio people and wrestling people are not that different in mostly we're the same level of carny in a lot of ways. We're doing shows. We're doing shows, and we all we all try to be creative. And then all of a sudden you try to get involved on in the creative, like Matt Jones. Wrestling fans they don't care about UL. They don't care about Kentucky, buddy. No. They don't care about that. Some guy with an English accent saying that he's a Wildcat fan, that ain't bringing me in. That ain't bringing me in. That is not that is not giving me any sort of a thing. Just I, like Ohio State, Miami, or Ohio State, Michigan, that wouldn't matter to me. I do think Al Snow and that other guy getting the, the heel, getting in on the radio show. I think they could have used great. a little more of that. That was because great. Because that, that had me. Like, if I were in Louisville, I'm like, this is real heat. I'm, I want to go see these guys. Like with Al Snow and Matt Jones, there were things I agreed and didn't agree with. I could see both of their sides to it. But if I was, it would be so hard. Like I could be interested in this, in the business, but I know it would be nearly impossible for me to not interject myself with the creativity of it. So that's that's where I let it stand. There's a lot more I could say, but we got, we're running out of time, man. I had a lot of strong theories about the feelings about the death match, but I loved all the other stuff. And that's stuff. why I'm going to be watching what next week on Netflix they're unveiling The Shockmaster. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 